Hey guys, uh, on today's episode, our Coach's Corner discussion is uh, talking about the Helper Act, which is legislation being introduced that would allow you to pay for college or uh, pay off student loan debt using your qualified accounts. Um, then we talk about people, Americans, not being aware of the stock market performance in 2019. Our final discussion is about technology and companies that have continued to really save us time and enhance time and how valuable that has been. Hope you enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Any of the opinions discussed on this podcast should not be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to Untucked. This is Megan. Mike. What's up, everybody? This is Jeff. <laughs> is that your new uh, intro my, line? My new intro. Your, your tag. Hey, um, did you guys know that if you eat excessive amounts of carrots, your skin will start to turn orangish, yellowish? It's called carotinemia. Did you have to Google how to say that? I did not. Really? I just sounded it out in my head. So that's probably wrong. No, it's probably right. So that's it. It's not like it's bad for you. How it's, it's absolutely not bad for you it's not at all. Harmful. Nope. How much is excessive? Yeah, I didn't go that far. Mm. But they they did mention that that's like ba- it happens to babies a lot because they get fed that like carrot baby mm. food, oh. and then you'll notice the tip of their nose gets a little orangish, yellowish. That's that's why carotinemia. Do you know carrots were purple? No. They pulled a mutant strain of it to create. The orange, sweeter carrots that we eat today. Oh, so they were not only purple, but they didn't taste that good. They didn't taste great. I mean, could you imagine purple carrots tasting good? Okay. Uh, Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Anybody a huge carrot fan? I love them. Do you really? Yeah. Ugh. I like, don't love, raw carrots. You can have roasted, cooked. 100% with you. They're disgusting. I'll take roasted over, over raw. Ugh. Yeah. The texture is just, oh, <laughs> Kind of squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. So the Eagles beat the Giants. Convincingly, right? In overtime. <laughs> they are tied for first yeah. in the division? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are. They play, who do they play on Sunday? Redskins? The Redskins in Washington, I believe. Okay. Thoughts on the Giants game? Horrible, horrible game from what I saw. I, I mean, I didn't see the whole thing. But I only watched half. <laughs> yeah, just bad bad football. Another week of why am I wasting my time watching this team? Um, I ended up watching like on – I recorded it and I ended up watching the, the, the end of it in the overtime like well after the fact, even after I knew the outcome just to see what happened. How did you feel about the overtime? I mean, did they look they, better? Well, what one possession they went right down the field and won it. Yeah, third. But they're playing the Giants though. Yeah, the third and fourth quarter and overtime they looked much. It was a different team. They still stink. They have and 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 I don't think it's for lack of like effort on Carson's part. It's just 
everyone's hurt. And they just, they don't have it this year. They don't have the magic this year. They're not a good team. So we look back, is it going to be primarily, hey, they got, they got hit with some t- key tough injuries and that was really what doomed them? Or do you think they're just not that good? I mean, the guys that were the guys that they lost to injuries are, are key players. Big, yeah. Well, it's it's their it's the GM's job to make sure that there's that they're a deep team that they have people that can come in and step up and and fill those roles. And they are clearly not doing that. They don't have good backups anywhere. Yeah, but are there just too many holes to be filled? Like, I I understand I'm with you. It's the GM's job, absolutely. But like, do you expect? like so many key players to be out at the same time. No, but Jason Peters is old and Vitae, I think, is his backup who stinks, right? We have Deshaun Jackson goes down and our receiving core is eliminated. Like yeah. They're, 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 they're yeah. no good. Our defensive backs are terrible. Like, they're just, Howie Roseman didn't do anything to help this team in the offseason or during the season. And then you're stuck with Carson Wentz running around like a chicken with his head cut off and he looks horrible because he's got no weapons, he's got no line. They stink. And I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like, oh, my God. Because, of course, in my fantasy team, I have the Eagles defense thinking that they're going to destroy the Giants. And I'm like, oh, my God, the Giants are they are pretty good. I'm like, or, I'm like, no, we just, we're horrible. The Eagles stink, <laughs> so they're making the Giants look good. Yeah. It was, it was awful. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to beat Washington. They're going to beat Dallas. Oh, now they're going to beat Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last I, I, week you. And, and then they're going to lose on. The, and the then they're going to lose to the Giants and in, lose in the tiebreaker. In the yep, and then lose in the tiebreaker. So everyone's going to be all hyped up because they beat Dallas, and then they're going to lose to the Giants in typical Philly fashion. I guess I was kind of looking forward to like the season being over. You know, it's just been so painful that I was kind of rooting for a loss. Like I. I wanted them to win, but I wasn't going to be heartbroken if they lost. And then they won, and I'm like, shit. Yeah. We have to do this again next week? <laughs> I really, I mean, I'm, I was joking about that. I don't really, I can't even think about, are they going to win this week? Are they going to beat the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, if you were to ask me, gun to my head, there's no way in hell this team could beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. No way. Do I want them to? Sure. I guess. But, I mean, on paper, there's... There's no way. Although Dallas is bad, they're they're in. Well, they're talented. I mean, Dak's got talent. Zeke has talent. Amari Cooper's a stud. They're just, for whatever reason, imploding. Imploding. Yeah. They can't win a game. They can't win a game, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. What happened? So, what happened to your fly guys last night? Well, I mean, they played a a really good Avalanche team. So fast, so I mean, love watching that 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 team play, and it was a good test. Except, you know, unfortunately, Flyers came into the game without um, Lindblom, without Myers, without Konechny, without Raffle. What's so going they, on? What? They're all hurt. Um, so they had, you know, they had a fourth line. They they weren't deep last night, and they just couldn't hang because of that. And they and Hart played well. I mean, they, the Flyers are in good shape. They're in good shape. I mean, they, as, as long as they get healthy and stay healthy, they'll be fine. I mean, these the, these players are – everyone that watches them that I talk to says that they're, they look different, they're playing different, they're coached differently. They've got 
apparently way better chemistry than they ever had before. So I think I think they're they're in great shape. Is Konechny done for the season? No, he's concussed, but okay. that's one of those okay. indefinite things. Gotcha. It didn't look to be – I mean, you can never tell. It didn't look to be that horrible, but um, I think he traveled with the team, which is a good sign. So, okay. Yeah. They're, they're good. They're in good shape. Anything interesting? Mm, what do you mean? Like a story? Yeah. Like, like did Gritty do something cool? Is that what you mean? I don't yeah. know. Like anything? No. Not really. I mean, it's basically like... <laughs> anything to get me interested? No, no. I, I, you, it's game you, 17 of the 82-game season. Yeah, you're a work in progress. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sixers? We have lots to talk about with the Sixers. We do? We do? Yeah, I mean, didn't... Didn't you hear Barclays and uh, and Shaq's comments? <clears throat> I mean, two guys that are very well respected in the NBA mm-hmm. during their careers and after their careers that were kind of, I don't know, what? singing the t- same tune I was, <laughs> M singing. Did you see Embiid's response? I did not. So it's probably childish and immature. No, it wasn't. He was like held himself accountable and said maybe they're right. Um, so. The critique was that he's soft. I guess he's not playing as dominantly as he should be. He's not getting under the basket. He's not um, Embiid, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Shaq Generally. was like, if you if you want to be good, that's one thing. If you want to be great, that's another thing. Like you can get twenty and twelve or twenty and eighteen, every, but if you want to be great, like that's good. But if you want to be great, give me twenty eight, give me thirty, give me thirty five a night. Meg doesn't even want to go there. She doesn't even <laughs> want to engage the conversation. No. I think that there's merit to what they're saying, I suppose. I just – Joel Embiid is really good, and he's only gotten better. His ceiling continues to rise, and I'm just not of the camp where I'm going to shit on the Sixers' best player. And I know that's not shitting on him. I know they're kind of calling him out in a way that's like, you can be better, you can do better. But they play a long season, and he's had, despite the type of critique he's getting, he's had, like, a very good start. So I'm just I'll, – I'll agree, but I – I don't want to be the. I don't. I'm not going to pile on. It's okay to be critical of your players. You could still like. I love Embiid. I love Simmons. But and it's okay to be critical of them. It's okay to say, "Hey, I wish they did this because they would be better." And the hope is, he's going to mature and grow up, and because he's not going to be doing the things he's doing now when he's a ten-year veteran. You would hope, and I would. I would suspect things he's doing now. What do you mean? Just like shadow boxing after he gets in the in a scrap. I mean, he's yeah. not going to do that. He's going to have matured at that point, and I think those that maturity and maturation process of Joel Embiid will make him a better player, okay. and hopefully a great player. Like I want him to be a great player. I mean, you could argue he's already a great player. Like you're, you're. That's coming from Shaq. I mean, one of the greatest of all time. And Barkley, who I'm not a huge fan of, but like regardless. What? Yeah, I love you. Kind of. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. But you're the first. Well, that's not true. A lot of people didn't like Chuck when he played here. Yeah, yeah, we'd have to talk about this. Spit on that little girl. But but if if you only focus on his post playing days, how can you not be a fan? That might be what I like least about him. (laughs) Um, 
because you don't agree with his basketball views or you just don't like his old I act, find his, his to be act. him to be very obnoxious. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy that crew. I enjoy him, Ernie, Shaq. Um, what's that? Kenny the Jet. Is that his name? Like, I enjoy that group. But Shaq in – not Shaq. Chuck in isolation is cringeworthy to me. Like, when he talks – he has to have like four brain cells. That's why he's so entertaining. <laughs> so the Sixers beat the Nuggets the other day. So Embiid was against Jokic, who's considered one of the better and like centers in the league. Played well. Um, they play the Celtics tonight. So that'll be a fun matchup. Yeah. What's going on with Milwaukee? They're kind of like killing, killing it. Killing huh? it. Yeah. I think they're on like a 15 game win streak. Like 23 and three or something like that. Yeah. It's something. Cre- I mean, they have the MVP from last year. It'll be interesting to see if they do anything, though, because they've been very good the last two seasons and get bounced. Yeah. You know, early in the playoffs. So we'll see. They'll be, I think, the Sixers' biggest. Um, threat down the road no doubt like the heat are playing well the celtics are playing well the raptors are playing well i just don't think any of those group like teams have like the sustainability that maybe do you feel uh, like the nba talent level is spread out pretty well this year i think steph clay and kevin durant being hurt helps that a lot yeah um what's what's durant's deal is he playing this year no okay yeah he's out for the entire year yeah Achilles at the end of last in the playoffs last year. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then Clay was a torn ACL. Steph broke his hand. He's out for the year. Okay. So those three. So you don't think Golden State has a shot this year? No, but here's what's going to happen: <laughs> Golden State's going to get a top five pick. That's right. And then Steph and Clay are going to come back next year with D'Angelo Russell. Like they're going to be good again. Yeah. Do we have anything more from sports? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Coach's corner. Today is an article we found in Forbes written by Zach Friedman. It's called Senator, pay off your student loans with your 401k. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky proposed new legislation known as the Helper Act that would allow people to use pre-tax money in their retirement accounts, IRAs and 401ks, to pay for college or pay off student loan debt. In addition, the act would allow you to pay tuition and expenses for a dependent or spouse using the same accounts. And it would also remove the cap on the student loan interest deduction, which is currently at 25%, or excuse me, $2,500. Thoughts? Um, It looked to me like there was a fair amount of backlash about the proposal. Number one, because people say, okay, well, it's never a good idea to take money out of retirement accounts for anything. This is, uh, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, other people were critical of Rand Paul himself because he's pretty anti-tax in general. And uh, some people viewed this as a tool that the wealthy would take advantage of. And, you know, they say things like, well, those who have, a lot of the people who have high student loan debt don't have anything safe for retirement or in 401k. So it's not going to apply to them. All this is going to be used by is, you know, wealthy boomers, let's say, who do it for their kids. And that's not right for whatever reason. I think think it's not black and white. I'm not sure where I fall on it yet. I think it's, I think it's maybe in some cases not a bad idea. However, 
and this is another critique of it, which is it's not getting to the to the root cause of what the problem is, which right. is why college cost, is so cost. expensive mm-hmm. and why student loans are so enormous and why this burden exists in the first place. So that's all I got. So initially my thought was, okay, maybe like, like you, this, this may be applicable in some cases. And then I read the article and who's paying for college or paying off their student loan debt at a rate of $5,250 a year. Like that's all you can take out of your yeah. 401k. That buys like books. I'm exaggerating. Books are like 900, but still. I agree. Although I think it's an initial step. I think yeah. that's probably all that could fly. I mean, if they, if they came out of the gate with, you know, unlimited or 200 grand a year or some crazy number, it would probably be laughed out of the room. That's all. I but think that People was. are coming out with $100,000 in student loan debt. Like what is 5000 a year going to do? Nothing. It's, mm-hmm. it's literally irrelevant. In my opinion, the bigger thing was the deduction on your taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it capped at $2,500? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And why are, why is the interest rate 7%? I mean, that's what Kayla's is. My, my oldest daughter, I mean, her interest rate is 7% on her student loans that I co-sign with her. And I have a good credit score. So why is it so high? Make that. And, and then I'm reading this. I'm like, holy shit, can I, can I refi those? <laughs> like, is it 2%? How long do you have to wait to refi your student loans? I don't know. Yeah, I need to get on that. Can you refi when you're still a student? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. I'm going to find out, though. I mean, I think generally, like, more options are better in terms of trying to deal with the student loan debt issue. And I agree that it's the cost of college that's the problem. But to me, it's like, okay, if there's one other way, however many people it applies to or not, like one other option for them. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you on that. And and the other thing it kind of that struck me is that if you move in this direction and let's just say that the caps get raised or maybe they become unlimited, um, you sort of you sort of make the 401, the, the, the retirement savings account replaces 529s almost in a sense yeah. where there would be no need for those any, anymore. You would use your pre-tax money for whatever, not whatever, but uh, education or just save for retirement. Yeah. Um, and depending on how you take it out and what it's used for, that triggers whether it's taxable or the penalty or what have you. I think that's... To me, that's kind of interesting because to your point, it just makes one vehicle a flexible option for a lot of different things. I, I There's also the argument maybe that like parents who want to help can't afford to do so while the kid is in school, right? Like, But maybe 10 years later, they're at an income, a point with their income where they're more comfortable, more able, and then this is a vehicle that they could... I mean, used to help pay down debt, like the kid accrues it, assumes it, and then this is the way of the the parent helping should they choose to. There will be less of that happening than people who shouldn't be taking money out of their 401ks to pay down or pay for school. I don't think this is a, I mean, I just don't see this being a good move overall. I think the majority of people, like you said, Mike, 
that have accumulated student loan debt are now going to try to or start using 401k, which it should be earmarked for their retirement because it's probably the only savings that they're doing. They're going to end up taking it out to pay off student loan debt. They're going to be further behind the eight ball for retirement. And I think the cases where mom and dad who are now 65 or 70, or that's maybe a little too old, call it 60, can now access their 401k to pay down debt. Is I think those cases are going to be not the majority. The majority are going to be kids using it. Well, let's stop. Maybe let's not use the most egregious examples of $100,000 in student loan debt. Like I graduated with $20,000 in student loan debt. And the money that I've put into my 401k, now I've been participating when markets have killed it, right? But like in theory, what if instead of, we have the benefit of hindsight, I realize that, but instead of servicing the debt that I was to the tune of, you know, $150 a month, I now have a bigger pot because of market appreciation that under this circumstance, under this like ruling, I could pay down significantly, right? To the tune of 5,500 bucks or whatever versus the $100 a month payments I'm making now. And and the other, like, yeah. And the other thing And I, that's four years and then I'm done. Right. You and you graduated like 10 years ago. No one's coming out with twenty thousand. I mean, the, the majority of people are coming out with way more than twenty thousand dollars in debt. I mean, so you just you went from an, an egregious example to one that's very minimal. The other thing I'll say that is interesting to me is that it really is the only case where you can put pre-tax dollars into an account, have it grow tax deferred, take it out without taxes to pay for something. There's right. no other way um, um, case where that exists. Every other expense you pay for is with after-tax dollars, right? It's a 529 plan. You just described the 529 plan. Right, but, but I can't do a 529 right, plan right. for myself. Right, right. I get that. I get that. And 529s are, the, the to me, one of the drawbacks is that, yes, they're flexible. Yeah, you can change beneficiaries, all that. But it has to be used for education. And if for whatever reason, that does not exist for you because of whatever circumstance, you've just kind of, now you got to pay the penalty. And right. 529s can't be used to pay debt. They can only be used True. to pay for the right. tuition. You can't service student loan debt. I would them. much rather see them restructure the cost of college or of something course. like that. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think this sounds like a good idea. I, I think in, in the actual way that it's going to be applied may not be in the best interest of most yeah, people. Yeah, you're probably right. And then I'm sure universities are like, this will be great. We can, yeah. now, now that we can raise prices even more because there'll be more Mom ways for people to pay. Can you imagine if they, I mean... Yeah, the cost of college is just, it's just out of control. The, so the, under one of the like incentives, it said that they think this would encourage people to save for retirement. I guess to your point, Mike, because you're now creating this flexible account that has different, um, you can access it for different things. Like, do you think that would happen? Like, I think do you people think, are so financially illiterate. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Like... This sounds like a good idea if you know what the hell you're doing yeah. and you are and you're actually involved in your finances and you go, OK, I have 200 grand in my 401k. My kid has $50,000 of student loan debt. I'm contributing X to my 401k and it'll grow to Y for my retirement so I can take maybe $20,000 out over the next four years to help my kid pay down there. Yeah. And, and, and think about that. No one's doing that. 60 some right. year old who's preparing to be forced to take money out, 
pay 30, I'm just using 30% to the IRS in taxes. And then they do the math and say, all right, I take it out tax-free and I use this as a benefit for my kid or grandkid. Um, it's a no brainer in a lot of cases in, in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if, if, if people were financially literate and could figure out a strategy and were conscious of it, sure. I mean, it's not bad. Uh, like you guys said, it's a step in the right direction. I just, I think it's going to get abused more than applied the correct way. Yeah. And it might just be muddying the waters between two, like really two financial areas where we generally suck. Yeah. Like college, cost of college, and then saving for retirement. retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about the majority of people out there right now that haven't saved enough for retirement. Yeah. It's going to open a door for all of these 60-year-olds, 65-year-olds who go, oh, I want to help my kids. All they want to do is help their freaking kids. And then they're going to pay their student loan debt down. <laughs> and then none of them have enough to retire on. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little cold on it. It's like I said at the outset, I don't think it's, it's black or white. It's, there's a lot to like about some of it and there's a lot not to. So the higher education loan payment and enhanced retirement. <laughs> Can we stop with the it's acronyms? It's hysterical. The acronyms sell it. That's what helps sell it. How, in, in, how long do you think it takes them to sit there and think of like the, do they come up with the word first, the helper act, and then apply all the words probably to it? Probably every congressman mm, has, a good question. has an aide that is in charge of acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I kind of like helper. <laughs> yeah, I didn't it's not it. the worst one I've it. ever heard. <laughs> Well, speaking about financial literacy, Dude. the um, there was a survey done by the Financial Times. Like, is that like a publication? It's a it's it's like the Wall Street Journal of Europe. Basically. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay, cool. I did not know that. Okay, so they did a survey um, of one thousand people. I put a dollar sign next to that. Um, and found that 61 of 61% of those surveyed said that the stock market movements had little or no effect on their financial well-being, while 39% said stock market performance had a very strong or somewhat strong impact. The survey then went on to show that only 40% of respondents correctly said that the stock market increased in value in 2019. 18% of respondents believed that it had decreased. There was a lot of information in this article, but those two points specifically stood out to me. Um, lack of the stock market's effect on you and then just being completely oblivious to what the market did this year in particular. I literally just got off the phone with a client who told me that the market took a huge hit in the last six months. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? That didn't happen. Like that flat out did not happen. So the fact that 40% got it right, like they knew the market was up, that means 60% got it wrong. That's unbelievable to me. But but 60% in this article, and first of all, I hate polls and surveys <laughs> and percentages because- I agree with you. So the, the questions looked so stupid. But 60% said that the market movements have no effect really on them. And that, that makes perfect sense to me because the majority of people right. don't have any personal stake in the markets. So why should they be expected to pay attention to whether it's up or down? I would, I would say the same thing. I would agree with that. Yeah, but you would also know how the market did. I know, I but mean, if, if, if I got polled and they asked me, 
did the stock market have, I would say it had little to no effect on my financial well-being yes. this year. Yes. I'm not using the money. It's just there to grow. Oh, oh no. I'm talking but, about people that don't have any like savings, no investment. They, they don't own oh. stocks. That's the majority of people. That's why the polling, the, the survey is stupid because it, right. this question can be interpreted 700 different ways. And the, and the article's written to sort of, to, to make you believe that, man, can you believe how ignorant these thousand people are? They didn't survey 1,000 people who have investments, right? It was just 1,000 people, most right. of which don't have any. And so why should they be expected to care what's going on in the markets? Right. I think it's, I'm with them. Don't waste your time on, on even- But look, you don't think that attention. even like with no like vested interest- No, that because understanding- I have no, no vested interest in soccer, but yet there's a billion people in the world that could tell you exactly who won between Liverpool and whoever last night. But I don't have a vest. I don't care, so I can't tell you who's good, who's bad, or what. What anything's going on in that play, in that in that sport. That was a really tough analogy for it's me a, to follow. It's a tough analogy, but I mean, <laughs> to me, it's if if I have no vested interest in something's going on in finance, why do I? Why am I going to even pay attention? I'm going to zip right through CNBC and go to my reality show or whatever it is, right? <laughs> but I have a vested interest, and I would answer the same way. It had little to no impact on my financial No, I'm well-being. talking about not knowing that the market went up this year. Like right. just not that's being com- aware. And, was, and Mike's saying that that's, that's fine. That's completely expected Normal. to me. Given how few people really have any financial assets invested in the markets. Yeah, but they even if they don't have financial assets invested in the markets, they're still invested in finance and the economy and purchasing things. And they want to... They want the economy to be going well, not poorly. They want to get raises at work. They want the, to, to have more benefits through their employer. And all that's a um, an effect of the economy and the markets doing well. That's a huge leap to yeah. me to, for, to expect people to think that way. I don't know that I'd go that far. I just mean how can you be alive with the way that we are inundated with information and media and just not – like just be completely oblivious. I mean, I, I guess the idea that's shocking to me, how connected we all are, how every article, every phone, every piece of paper, like everything is just shouting at you. And maybe my, 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 what's shouting at me is just very, very specific. I don't know. I think we're in a, a biased seat because we live in that industry and the, people we follow the news the the feeds and all that stuff of course you're like how could anybody not be aware most people are not following financial news or financial twitter or reading any article related to finance the the majority of actual humans is what i'm saying yeah yeah i don't know about that because even like the guy or gal who has a very blue collar job probably owns some stock you know, because their their buddy told them about it, so they bought it and they follow it. I don't think that's true. I mean, in terms of numbers of people, the majority of people don't have any financial investment in in stocks. Can right. you can you get the actual information? I'll do the research. Yeah, but I'm pretty research. sure. It's, <laughs> I was making more, a lot of blanketed statements yeah. today. I was more disappointed with the very first sentence. Nearly two thirds of Americans say. This year's record-setting Wall Street rally again with the record-setting. Oh. Every freaking article talks about how we're hitting records. 
Wait a minute. Which we talked and about And it's actually inaccurate. Pod. It's not a record-setting rally. Right. It's it, not The rally record. itself is not record-setting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's percentage terms. It's... Uh, that should be the record-setting rally, and that's not what it was. But anyway, but you're right. Um, <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm tired of seeing it. And and then. But I wait a minute. I want to get back to you. You, it it did have a, a an effect, a positive effect on your personal finances. You didn't change your lifestyle based on it, but it had a positive effect on your personal uh, financial I didn't even, well-being. I haven't even thought about it though. So if I were to answer that question um, honestly. I have. Like, I didn't look at my 401k in the beginning of the year and, and then today and how much it's grown and the impact that the financial rally had on my bottom line. I haven't done it. No, but like the way that this place exists and the way that we are all compensated is a direct, is directly related to the performance of the market. So it does and it has and you pay attention to it. Again, the question, you have to like really, you can look at it seven different ways and answer it differently. Right. Well, I'm just saying for you. No, thank, thank you, Megan. I do understand uh, that the economy had a direct effect. I on I think my you well-being. need to stop saying economy and market too. That's different. <laughs> the stock market movements, uh, and, and I, was this the article that got pretty political? Oof. Just ignored like the second half of the article because it yeah, got really, really stupid and political. It. But I love. I had no idea Trump, his tweets. Another, oh, yeah, he's, another new stock market record. Enjoy. enjoy. What an asshole. He's the worst. <laughs> Your 401ks will go down the tubes if I don't get reelected. If you don't vote for me. <laughs> he's crazy. Like, but yeah, he it's crazy, crazy because like people... People are going to be like, oh my God, my I got to vote for him. My dad said to me the other day, oh God, my, I hope none of my family ever listens to this. He said something about like, you know, what's going to happen next year if Trump doesn't get reelected? And I was like, dad, I have no idea Why? We're going to take all the money out of our 401k oh, yeah. and put it under our mattress. And I was like, "Go, you know what? You should just, just do, do it. it, dude. I don't I don't have the energy <laughs> to fight with you on this." Meg, my I've never had more money and I'm like, "Do you understand what you're doing? You're saving and investing. Of course, you've never had more money." Like that's literally how accumulation <laughs> works. People go absolutely insane around elections we had a client that had a million dollars in an ira and he literally took every dollar out before obama got elected because he said if obama gets elected tax rates are going to go through the roof so he paid all the tax on a million dollars in one lump sum and converted it all to a roth ira and put it in an annuity. And put it in an annuity that can't go down in value. So he capped his upside at like 6%. In a Roth. He paid tax and he missed one of the greatest runs in the stock market and the economy <laughs> that, that has ever taken place. You should send him like a postcard. Well, he's not a client anymore. No, I, I mean, know. We fired him. We said, you cannot do this. But I mean, like you should send him a postcard and like thinking of you oh my gosh <laughs> with like the stock market chart from oh my gosh Obama the amount now. of wealth that he and his wife just left on the table is unbelievable yeah and we pleaded man like you cannot do this don't get sucked into that fear that this these people are trying to sell you and he did it crazy when are, can people just stop caring about who gets elected and how that's going to impact their their finances because it has nothing it's to do with it literally never going to happen 
Yeah, and we show all the time historically the, the correlation between who's in and what markets do is literally zero. Zero. And over and over and over again, it just doesn't matter. People get too emotional about it. And it's like the people who think the markets were down this year are most likely people who hate Trump. Yes. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting one. Thanks, Meg. I think you selected that one. No idea. Oh, we're giving each other credit now? <laughs> Last one is um, written by Scott Galloway. It was called Today's Most Valuable Tech Companies Are Time Machines from his blog, No Mercy, No Malice. So he begins the article talking about technological advances that have ultimately given us more time. Boeing and Ford, obviously, with transportation, Google, Netflix, Apple. The innovations and experiences these companies have created have afforded us more time on Earth, which he argues is the ultimate goal. Any company that creates more than $10 billion in shareholder value does one of two things, extend time or enhance it. I, I, I don't like the way the guy writes. Jeez. Can I pick on that for a little bit? A lot of parentheses, a lot of things in parentheses. Parentheticals. My gosh. I like I the really, overall. It's very conversational. I think it, I think he writes, um, I, I like his writing. <laughs> Just say that. I mean, maybe I was reading at the kitchen table and kids were around and I was a little distracted, but yeah, I wasn't. He lost me like 700 times, which isn't hard to do, by the way. Um, I like the overall theme of the article. I, I agree with that, that time saving is the way companies are going to add value mm -hmm. <clears throat> other than just huge technological advances, right? So Apple creates something that we don't know now, right? Mm -hmm. Like the iPhone changed the world. Right. Um, unless, you know, other than that, um, you know, cars driving themselves, um, saving time is, I was blown away by how much time we spend food shopping. Grocery shopping takes an average of 69 minutes a week. You grocery shop 1.6 times per week, and the average commute for grocery shopping is 12.5 minutes each way. That makes the largest dollar volume category $750 billion. So over 30 years, you'll save 120 days by using Walmart's delivery service. Mm -hmm. And those are just the averages. So you're yeah. below that. Yes. As far as time, yep, we're above that because we're feeding six. Yep. Yeah, and he talks about a lot of others in the same way, like Netflix. Um, basically, Netflix is a time saver because it, it's time you're not watching ads, mm -hmm. and in exchange for the fee. So his calculation was, you know, forty six hundred bucks. He'll spend in his lifetime on Netflix um, in order to not watch ads, and that's mm -hmm. about a year of his life. And if you put it in those terms, I mean, everyone's like, of course I'll take that deal, right? Yep. Assuming that you're doing something productive with the time <laughs> right, you're saving. Right, right. Or not. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, like, what do you, why does it have to be productive? Because then what's the point of saving time if you're just going to sit on your phone and like scroll through Facebook? Because it's better than watching ads. But it might not be better than going to the grocery store. Well, I mean, but those are two different examples. Like, I, I think the, it having to be a productive use is irrelevant it's your time to do with it as you want sure i just prefer to be more productive than you Meg. you're so productive jeff but i mean he he talked just back to the ads he talks about <laughs> it in an interesting way like the the media companies have gotten crushed by the netflixes and the googles and facebooks because his quote here is advertising is a tax on the, is a tax the 
what is it? Is he tax on the, the poor? poor exactly my point earlier. The technologically illiterate pay. So if you're too technologically illiterate to choose like a streaming service or or an, or an app or a whatever that will free you from having to sit through an ad, then you're just you're you're paying the tax and it's on you. And the tax is really your time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, com- I, c- ads, their days are numbered. Right? Traditional ads. Right. Right, cuz you get bombarded with ads on your phone, on your social media platforms, in your email, like well, just like the cable companies figured out a way to get through it, right? You DVR, and I don't watch any commercials. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that technology is going to change, and they're going to figure out ways or services that you don't have to. You can avoid the ads on your phone. Yeah, you'll pay. Yeah, you pay for it. You pay a premium for it. And Which his, is his point is that's like his point. Everyone should want to do that because it gives I'm you create that an time. app that that you don't have to pay for. That will avoid the ads for you. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's going to make a lot of money. Sounds. You know how I'm going to sell. I'll be an investor. Because it's going to have ads in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, you could put your phone in airplane mode and you avoid a lot of ads. Yes. So my kids play video, like they play games on their phone and like they always are riddled with ads. But if you put your phone in airplane mode, they don't get any ads. Yeah, I think that's a function of data, of you being connected to your cell service. So at the end of the article, he (laughs) he takes a weird pivot. And he just goes off. He, he can't help himself going off on Facebook. He so hates I w- Facebook. I want to just say, I did not know that this was part of the article. When I read it, I read like the first two paragraphs. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> and then he goes, I mean, first of all, he shits on, shits on Facebook. But then he talks about like teen girls and harming themselves and killing themselves. And I just thought it, wow, we went dark. We went dark real fast. fast. Yeah. I don't disagree with his stance though which is to explain the stance it's that so so social facebook has has saved us time because we can connect so much faster now which is awesome but for that we've now introduced this social media component to our children which is endangering them he literally called them nuclear weapons that we've put in their hand because it's undercutting their self-esteem they're bullying each other and it's making them mentally struggle. Mm-hmm. And I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I see it with my kids, how they feel like they have to talk about keeping up with the Joneses. You have to keep up with your friends and they get bullied. And it's, 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 I mean, I, I read that paragraph. And I'm like, dude, I agree with you hundred percent. I wish social media would just go away for kids or maybe like, maybe I should take it away for my kids. Well, he's, he's, he's a little bit. I mean, he's blaming Facebook. I mean, okay, Facebook owns Instagram. I get that. But Snapchat, TikTok, all the other stuff is part of that issue as well. It's not just Facebook. First of all, no kids using Facebook no. anyway. I know. That's the first thing I yeah. thought of. Like, no, 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 no teenage girl is on Facebook. But Instagram is probably also what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything else we need to say about this one. We all agree that yeah. technology advance, advancing and saving us time or enhancing our time is worth it and what we'll continue to pay yeah pay for yeah absolutely no question top five so it was jeff's idea to do a little bit of a christmas theme the top five christmas movies of all time for today yeah who wants to go first i mean i'll give you mine i i found that you going in order do you should i 
Uh, I, I, don't g- know I if kinda I want you to a... because I put mine in order. So Okay. I'll, I'll go in order. Um I found really at the end of the day, there's not a lot of good Christmas movies, right? There's just not. Can we pause for one second? We're talking about Christmas movies, right? Like Home Alone isn't a Christmas movie. Is it? Uh, it is. Is it? A, is it? A Why would it not be a Christmas? Because what in it, other than it's happening around Christmas, makes it a Christmas movie? I guess there's no Santa Claus in it. There's no magic. There's nothing. Oh, gee. so we're going corny Christmas movies? <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be corny, but it was more of a. It's st- a Wonderful Life. Die is on Hard your list, is isn't technically it? a, a Christmas I know, movie. I know, but like Die Hard, like is that a Christmas movie? <laughs> it just happened during Christmas. The theme of the movie was. The guy gets locked by terrorists in the building, and he's trying to get out. Yeah. Like, other than it happening during Christmas, and the company Christmas party was going on, wasn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, okay, all right. So it does, it, they don't have to be pure Christmas movies. Got it? Yeah, okay. and I mean, I have Home Alone's on my list. And Mine by too. the way, I don't love love these movies. It's not like the movies I love. It's just the best five I could find. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I'll go Home Alone. I'll go fourth. Will be Scrooged with Bill um, Murray. Bill Murray, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. It's okay. Um, <laughs> a Christmas Story is the classic with uh, um, Shoot Your Eye Out, Kid. That's number three. Ralphie. Ralphie. I'm going to go Elf at number two just because it's Will Farrell. And of course, I'm, Megan's rolling her eyes, but it, it's Will Farrell. Come on. It's hysterical. It's a great movie. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you got to go Chevy and, and Christmas Vacation for number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so I have two of those. I don't have mine in order. I guess I could do it on the fly. Uh, Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, I don't think I saw that. I mean, I, it's a great one. It's a good. It's an okay. I feel very indifferent about Christmas movies. Like I don't think I'm like super festive or like into them. When Vince Vaughn goes back to his house and John Farber is his brother, and he's like, a, and his other brother, like WWE ref, wrestlers. It's hysterical. It, no, but like, if you take the Christmas theme out of it, it's still a funny movie. Like, there's nothing sure. like about Christmas that enhances it. It's the fact that they're seeing each other's families on Christmas. That's the excuse. Yeah, but they they have to go to four different places because all their families. Oh my are god, separate. it's hysterical. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Home Alone. The Holiday. Which I kind of feel like super weird saying. But. <laughs> Give me a quick recap. Um, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet. Yeah, I don't think uh, I Jack Black. What's that guy's name? Oh, sounds horrible. So Ka- Kate Winslet lives in London. Cameron Diaz lives in L.A. They go on a holiday and like switch houses and end up falling in love. Like it's like a rom-com. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> Again, I do, there's nothing. Can't believe that made your list. There, Christmas Vacation. And then the Family Stone. What? You've even heard of it? Oh my God, the Family Stone's so good. So it's, it's another like romance. Um, it's a little more of a drama, I would say. <laughs> so it's Rachel McAdams, Diane Keaton. I'm trying to think of any of the other like big names. Like you'd recognize a lot of them. I don't know their names. Are any of them still alive? Rachel McAdams, Diane Keaton. Yeah, okay. it's not like an old movie. Um, I don't know Diane Keaton was still alive. Yeah, so it's. Her, their family, an extended family. Luke Wilson's in it. Um, I, I mean, it's good. I guess that's that, that's a horrible. Wow, okay. I don't like your list at all. Let's get yours. Number five was Four Christmases. Because I thought that was a good one. Number four 
was the Jim Carrey Grinch. That was a good one. Did you see it? I know I've seen parts of it. I'm not sure the whole thing, and I don't really remember other than he had elaborate makeup on. Yeah. So every one of these movies, like if they were on TV and I was coming across it, I would stop and watch. Hmm. I don't know if you guys can say that about your list, but Four Christmases, <laughs> Jim Carrey's Grinch Who Stole Christmas, number three, The Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's okay. a great one. Yeah. The, the, the first, the original. And then Christmas Stories, number two, and then Christmas Vacations, number one. Oh, no, It's a Wonderful Life. No. I Why would you, you think It's a Wonderful because Life? Because it's so be. corny. I just thought you would, you love Christmas. You're I thought it. <laughs> Polar Express made no ones, huh? Oh, yeah. That was an honorable mention for me. I, I forgot about that one. Just Friends, would that be considered a Christmas movie? Is it Christmas or Thanksgiving? Pretty sure it's Christmas, but I could be wrong. No, I think it's Christmas. Because it was definitely in one of my Google searches. Google. We need to Google to help us with this one. Anything else? No, go I... birds on Sunday. Short week. Yeah. I think that's a wrap. Okay. Thanks for listening. Till next time.